And he's getting it again. Morrison's outstretched leg. Greenish! Welcome to this latest instalment of Speculative Efforts, the podcast focusing on the topical footballing stories that get us all ranting and raving. Transfers, appointments, trophies, competitions, club news, gossip, you name it, we'll be discussing it and debating it. It's the usual crowd today as I'm joined by non-league reporter Ollie Bayliss. Good morning, good evening. Depends where people are listening really, doesn't it? But hello. Depends when, where, where, why, where, where, who, what. Why? Why would you bother listening anyway? And as always, we're joined by our well-travelled Australian friend, Usman Azad. G'day. G'day. How are you? I've got a great roundup of the weird side of world football, including some of these cracking stories about why you shouldn't even imitate Cristiano Ronaldo, why a team wore 10 different kits during a league game, and why there are some Romans who are upset with their club despite their big win. More coming up later in the programme. Yeah, so there'll be that and some engaging in-depth coverage and analysis on just what happened in the Champions League quarterfinals. I mean, it's probably easier to go through what didn't happen as opposed to what did. It was so eventful and we'll be looking at whether or not the rule book needs to be rewritten when it comes to giving penalties. So we've got world news as well, some trivia questions. That's all to come on this episode of Speculative Effort. And it was busy. It was a busy... Four, it's been probably the busiest three weeks we've oh. had off from a podcast. International oh. breaks, Champions League, Premier League's just kicking off. It's been fantastic. I'm not I'm not afraid to say I, I'd fallen out of love with the Champions League a little bit last week. This was a bat with a bang. Yeah. Oh, we've had some <laughs> terrific games. Absolutely. Oh. It's, it's been hot. Do you it, think it's been hot? It felt like three of the games were dead, didn't it, last week? Three, three, three gold deficits, all, all dead and buried, all fine. I, I was at a different game on on Tuesday night and took a quick glance at what was going on. And I was like, what's happening in Roma? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's just City it's, Liverpool, it's bonkers. Yeah, and uh, it's we've because we've had the international break as well since then, and it's been there's been a lot of talk about. You know, a lot of the questions we were posing to each other about who's going to go to the World Cup, who's going to be in goal, they've sort of answered themselves now as well. Yeah, partly. Uh, yeah, the goalkeeper one, we seem to have made steps towards. the Who's going to yeah. go? I felt like Gareth Southgate just call them all up. Well, well, he, he had about 40 in the end. Yeah, he's used Often 40. Often didn't even play. Like, he, he just called everybody up. He's used 40, I think, throughout his tenure, which has been, what, like eight, nine months at the moment. Mm. And he's got to pick a squad of... 32 is it originally well well yeah he's gonna and then he cuts it down but he's gonna pick a squad and then have some that are definitely backups so he's not gonna do the sort of 32 whittle down to 23 he's gonna say this is my 23 these are my standby um players but i feel like he sort of dodged that you know people say well you have to pick three goalkeepers and you can't really pick joe hart can you And and he went well who says I've got to pick three goalkeepers? But Joe I'm gonna, Hart, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to pick three goalkeepers and Joe Hart, and, and yeah. that's what he did. He's going to, he's going to have to work exactly. Joe's going to go though. He will. Yeah, go Joe now. goes. I think. He's third choice. Be the third I think. choice, isn't he? Which well, you see him at the weekend. To be fair, did all right. I, it's not the worst choice in the world. Third, third choice goalkeeper. It's it's the Pepe Reina role, isn't it? You're never going to get on the pitch. You're there as a bit of a cheerleader, a bit of experience, and I don't think that's that's such a 
such a bad thing. I mean, Usman, I know you're a big fan of, of taking Joe Hart. You'd, you'd have 11 Joe Harts on the pitch if you could. <laughs> I'd have 11 Joe Harts and then probably spare a couple as well on the bench as well, just to make sure, just in case Joe Hart, one of the Joe Harts got injured, yeah. Um, mm. I don't think the England side... Um, I don't know. I think it's such a... I think with everything that's going on, I hate to bring up you know geopolitics, but everything that's happening in Russia and also everything's happening with the team, it makes me... I don't know. I'm not really that looking forward to to watching England play in the World Cup. Probably for the first time in a long time. I find them. I think I find them a little bit underwhelming. I don't think we were looking at uh, the team that they played against um, Italy in the first game of the last World Cup. They're nowhere near that strong, even even with the best eleven mm. players they've got. They're going to be nowhere near as strong as they were that night, and they lost. I will say it raised a few questions in my mind before we played. Before we played Italy, not Holland, but before we played Italy, mm. I was thinking, oh, you know, yeah, well, so we'll get out of the group. We'll be round of 16, Colombia or Poland, easy. We'll be in the quarterfinals. Seeing us squeeze past probably the worst Holland side I've ever seen play in my lifetime and get a draw against Italy. Colombia and Poland is good. If we get past the round of 16, I think that'll be a success now. We're 19th in the world. If we get to the quarterfinals, we, it'll, be, it'll be like winning it. I I was quite encouraged. I thought we yeah it's, it's not a fantastic Dutch team, but it's still still a Dutch team. I thought we were technically better than them. I thought we played good expansive football. It looked like we had a bit of a game plan, a bit of an idea. It looked like we'd taken the strengths of the Premier League this season and the systems that, that Man City and teams like that are playing. And I think we utilised. I think we were, I think we were fine. We we're better than Italy. We we're better than Holland. We beat one. We drew against it. I, it bar a dodgy VAR penalty, we and we haven't conceded a goal in six games. I think we're looking. Looking fine. I mean, it'll all come undone, you know, come the World Cup. I'm come not the saying friendlies, it won't. Probably, but but I think we're, we're, we're doing fine. I'm not sure friendlies mean a huge amount anyway, unfortunately, but I think we're doing all right. I don't think you can judge the England team by the friendlies. Um, and unfortunately, we've been down this road before. You've had some encouraging play in like the, the build-up in the qualification rounds. The friendlies look all right. And then when they get on into the, you know, into the big international glare of the World Cup, they, they just crumble. They melt. And I think yeah. I think the pressure perhaps there's less pressure on them this time perhaps because they're so they are so underheld they're undervalued apart from perhaps Harry Kane I mean if Harry Kane does not score a few goals England are in a lot of trouble. Mm. Does it not really grind your gears? It really grinds my gears how we're looking at this now and all of the pundits they're all saying this is going to be a development tournament for us. It's going to be looking ahead to four years time. It was exactly the same four years ago. That we said we said that we said we'll take some kids or we'll get get them the experience blah blah and we're four years down the line and again like you've said in the past as we're just looking to the future again all we do is look forward going yeah we'll, we'll make sure that these young players get the experience and but by the time 2022 comes around we're gonna have another batch of 19 20 year olds who are gonna go in the place mm. of the 23 year olds who are there now I don't I don't think it works I think I think it works to develop young players and to worry about young players if you're a a league club if you're you know a football club because it's part of your kind of financial investment and it, and it helps you to develop players i think internationally it doesn't matter you can't you can't predict what's going to happen to these young players in in two four years time you can't constantly be be looking at, at the future you've got to look at the now i mean that portugal team that, that lifted the euros they weren't particularly good they didn't play particularly well yeah but they it, it clicked at the right moment you've only you've only got to win seven games you haven't got to win all of those you know the first three games win a couple of you've just got to get a bit of luck. I think you've just got to take the strongest team and you've got to take it as seriously as you can and and see what happens and, and roll the dice every time you go to an international tournament how 
critical was that loss against Iceland in the Euros then? Oh, that 2-1, that killed, I think that killed the four, the, they, they had a four-year plan. I think that single-handedly sunk the plan. And that Iceland team, we're talking about, you know, that, that is a team. that And it showed you, if you have a great team, you can beat great players. They utterly bottled it against Iceland in, in a way that even England... I've never seen England never do that. Like th- these were players who ju- they they simply lost like the cognitive ability to move yeah. their arms and legs in the way that they normally would as professional footballers. They couldn't pass the ball. They were all just as soon as that second goal went in, they were reading the headlines in their head. They were thinking of their their player yeah. ratings. They were worrying about what they were going to read on Twitter. It it all became that they they desperately wanted to win, but they didn't want to take responsibility themselves and, and make it happen. They wanted somebody to score, but they weren't gonna take players on themselves, they weren't gonna take a risk themselves and they just they absolutely frozen. Yeah, that was a that that's a hugely worrying sign. The one positive I think we can take from that Iceland situation though is that at the, if we hadn't the been knocked out by Iceland, well yes, that that was quite entertaining, wasn't it? But we would probably still have Roy in charge of England if we didn't bottle it against Iceland, mm. meaning that Gareth Southgate's playing some quite positive football and it's almost up in the air a little bit, whereas with Roy, you know we would be going and we'll get round to 16 and that would probably be it but we won't dwell on England too long because there was something far more exciting that happened it's the Cristiano Ronaldo theme tune <laughs> oh, I guess you're going so a few weeks ago in the previous podcast we made our predictions oh. for what was going to happen in the quarterfinals of the Champions League let's have a listen to what we thought my prediction for the semi-finals is it's going to be Real Madrid Bayern, Liverpool and Barcelona. Whoa. Oh no. No, 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 no. The Liverpool good, but on their day they can they their tactics go out the window. Liverpool they... at home and they beat City at the Etihad. It's a two leg game though, don't forget. I, I think they're gonna get it. I think Salah's just too good. Oh, isn't he just? He's he's PFA player of the year, definitely. Oh, he has up. to be. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going for Juve, Bayern Munich, Man City and Roma. How about this? How about this? That's even even more random. I'm going to go for Juve, Bayern, Man City and Barcelona. What about Seville? No, definitely not. No, definitely Well, well, you all laughed at my Roma. <laughs> I'm going to claim that I still only got two right. Well. I got, I got two. I, I, I lost track there. Did you get one? Uh, I picked Bayern and Real Madrid. Oh, you got two. Yeah, I, I, I got Liverpool, Real, and Bayern. Oh, okay. So you got three. So I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't get Barca. But if we'd all put a quid on each of our teams to go through, I think I'd have come up with the most money because the Roma pick. Yeah, I, I, if we judge I it like so. that, I which think, I think we should. I was, I was pleased with my Liverpool pick, but yeah. uh, you know, you, well, you two are saying no. I don't think so. Salah's too good. Uh, he was the Liverpool Man City game. That was a full. The, the first game, the first half was incredible. Um, Liverpool just absolutely dominated. Even Alex Oxley chamberlain scored his second screamer of the season against Man City. Get him on the plane. Get him on the... He's, he's, he's front row. Front row in my books. He's... <laughs> How, what does it take for someone to get in the front row? Just to score a great goal? Because I heard you talk about the same thing about Jack Grealish as well. Well, it's better for them to score a great goal than be called Joe Hart, isn't it, really, to be honest? But, yes. Oh, Jack, Jack Grealish scored a very good goal, which you probably heard in the introduction there. Um but yeah, he's, I don't think he's going to be going on the plane. No, no, not this was, time, Jack. Was it, was it a defining victory for um, for Klopp? 
Yes. Um, yeah, I think it I, was. I, yeah, I honestly think this is... It's not career-defining, obviously, because he's had a good career so far, but this is the point now where I think Liverpool fans, as an entirety, are going to get behind him for the first time. Because there's always there's, there have mm. always been the Klopp doubters, especially this season as well, saying he's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. He's not... You know, his tactics... He plays... He tries extravagant things, but it just doesn't come off in comparison to City and United and Spurs. But now, especially when they've got Salah, Mane and Firmino up top... If they can keep the goals out, and Carrius seems to be doing all right now, he actually seems to be establishing himself as a first-choice keeper. Liverpool, they, they're looking like you know the second or third best team in the league. They have just enough firepower. Yeah. It's just unbelievable, the attacking result. Um, it's funny, I was talking to a Liverpool fan uh, in the last couple of weeks, and uh, we were talking about depth. They don't have much depth, but their first team is mm. brilliant. It is strong. Mm. Very strong. They're, uh, they've been a funny team, because... What springs to mind is is lots of wins with Liverpool, lots of goals, lots of times Salah scored a couple of goals, you know, in Firmino, and then you look at the league and you go, oh, actually, they're they're level on points with Spurs, and Spurs have got a game in hand. You know, it's they they've been a funny team. They've played some really nice football and they've scored loads and loads of goals, but it was that first half of the season with the the kind of dodgy defensive mistakes and and dropped points, I guess, that's that's punished them a little bit. But they're they're a bit like the English Real Madrid. They're a team that's always sort of been built to. Do well in your or you know what Real Madrid are doing at the moment. They they can have a poor or a slightly iffy league campaign, and then they can pop up with a Champions League win or a Champions mm. League final. Yeah. You know they've had two Champions League finals in in the last what ten twelve years, yeah. and semi final this year. They, depending on who they get tomorrow in the draw, could go all the way. In fact, I think anybody who who would you who would you fancy to beat? I think Real Madrid have shown they can be vulnerable. I think if they play the way they played against City against Real Madrid, I think they'll be fine. I think Roma clearly showed that something about them couple of nights ago but you fancy him against Roma as well Juventus they're out Bayern Munich good team but I don't think they fear anybody now yeah it's it's going to be an interesting one definitely the the final four you'd say Roma are probably the weakest team out of that bunch but it does entirely depend on the draw doesn't it because if Real draw Bayern oh. Liverpool get Roma Liverpool that is Liverpool FC Rome. Yes, that's Liverpool, Roma. I mean, that means that the finals will the final will be Liverpool or Roma against Bayern or Real. I mean, that, that could be anything. That could go any way. Yeah, there's it's, no definitive answer. It, it's really exciting, and, and the, I'm kind of back in love with the Champions League. And What's that, Ollie? What's that? It's really exciting when weaker teams do well in competitions. Different tournament. Is it mate. quite exciting? Different tournament. Different Is it tournament. quite exciting when different a weaker tournament. side does different, quite well? Different tournaments. Not. It's not an FA Cup. But what? What, what's this last week mean for, for Man City and the, and the season they've had? And I mean, they've had a, a horrible week by their standards, losing three games in seven, eight days. They'll, they'll still no doubt win the title, but not in the style they would have liked, perhaps, at, at Old Trafford. Before we talk about Man City, I think we're forgetting giving Roma some credit for what they did. Mm. Um, unbelievable result. I don't think that that's a. I think that the result for me was the most surprising football result I've seen in years. Mm. I think for many people. Um, but as I was saying a bit earlier, it was a great tactical ma- masterclass. And having a, just this very solid team playing a certain way, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah, I, they're, but they're a good team. They're not they They're are, not a very small team. They're, they're one of the best it teams was just in Italy. Over, it was overturning the deficit, wasn't it? That was and against Barcelona. But, against Barcelona. And it was the, the press were the funniest. Ollie, you showed me a video of the press celebrating. And the commentary as well. Just to have a listen to this. Abattere. Parte un direco, il cross. Acca! 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 
Bobby. Yeah, so that <laughs> that was the uh, the commentary, the Italian commentary when Costas Manales scored the third goal in the eighty second minute, yeah. I think it was, to to basically put Roma ahead on away goals, putting Roma into the semi finals and knocking Barcelona out. I don't know if we we still need an away goals rule, but I loved it in that case. I'm, yeah. ha- I'm happy in that case. <laughs> and then you had this like moment where it was like, well, if if. <laughs> If Barcelona managed to score, then it puts Roma at like you kind of. Mm. It's the only scenario where like one person go ahead and then like you're a goal away from uh, uh, getting knocked out or going through, which does make it more exciting. I don't think you can put into words how unbelievable that will be for the whole of Rome. Although a little bit more on that a bit later on, weird, weird oh. news. Oh, okay. oh, oh, there's more. Oh. Uh, and then there was the game last night as well, oh. and I just feel so sorry for Juventus. It was just snatched away from them, so they had to overturn. A three-nil deficit. Mm. They scored three, and then in we all the, thought, "Oh, another half an hour." Couldn't wait for a that. bit of added time, and then yeah, then in the ninety-second minute, Asensio again. Now Kroos, Ronaldo coming in at the far post. There's the chance. Was that a push? Michael Oliver oh. says penalty. What about that for drama? Oh. The push on Lucas Vasquez right at the death, and a penalty to Real Madrid. Who's he sending off? I think it's a red card for Gianluigi Buffon. Well, that is even more drama right at the end. Surely the last kick of the most remarkable Champions League quarter-final that we can remember. Here comes Ronaldo. And he scores! Of course he scores! The greatest player in the history of Real Madrid. The finest goal scorer in the history of the Champions League. Since the day before, when Roma, yeah, came back and won three 0 the biggest quarterfinal scare we've seen. But oh, Cristiano, I, I get that he's a fantastic player. Clearly, he's a fantastic player. And he scores fantastic goals, but he also does have a way of making a headline about himself. He was rubbish last night. He was yeah, rubbish. Yeah, and he stepped up, tucked away a penalty, which most players would have done, and he had to do it. And he had to wait a long time for Chelsea to come on. Fine, struck a good penalty. All about him. Shirt comes off. Headlines: Ronaldo. There's the six pack. Like, yeah. Gareth Bale could have taken that penalty. You know, any other, but there's always a way of of making it about. When you take penalties, you take free kicks and you take pop shots from range and you try a lot of things. He has 20 shots a game from outside the box sometimes. Most of them don't go in, most of them go anywhere near, but it makes a highlight reel when they do, when he takes the penalties. And yeah, clearly, you know, that overhead kick was ridiculous that he scored last week. But he just has this way of making a headline about him when it it really shouldn't be. He scored the penalty, Ollie. In a very pressure-filled environment, what more can you ask of the guy? He is the assigned penalty taker, isn't he? Well, he's he's, himself. He's probably in his contract. Yeah, he, is, he, he probably is. <laughs> probably is. <laughs> well, you get to that level where it's in your contract. The point is, but... though, is, is he he scores it. Yeah, we don't know for sure if Gareth Bale would have scored that penalty or any other player, but Cristiano Ronaldo scores it, saves his team, and rightly is labelled the hero. It doesn't matter what he did for the other odd minutes beforehand he scores and obviously who else would you want taking a penalty in that situation except for him that's why he's the greatest player in the world look at him he's what he's he's taken his team through messi, messi hasn't yep. taken his th- team through yeah but messi and, messi i although messi doesn't always take penalties and isn't the best penalty taker i would equally have probably touched a penalty away if one of his teammates had won it for him sure you could say you, you could say he did f- thanks to his work in the first leg 
It's very true. Because he scored a phenomenal yeah, he did, goal. Fair, and goal he was very good in that yeah. first leg. He was very good. So he could have carried them through. So it was, I just what? felt sorry for Juventus, really. What, what do we think about the penalty? Penalty or not a penalty? It was a penalty. Clearly a penalty. It, very clear. In real time, it felt like a definite penalty. And then you... you Slow motion, you think well, maybe, maybe, maybe fifty-fifty, he, probably. But I, it's, I, it feels like it's the right call. It's not the, the right, it's not the wrong call to give it. I think he did have the front position, and he was pushed in the back, and he was right in front of the goals. I'm not sure what else you need to, to call that a foul, and it's in the box. It, it, it's yeah, it, it was a penalty. It's just the drama of the moment. I think we'll, 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 we'll revisit this in a few minutes' time. Should we break this up with some trivia, and mm. uh, we'll relax for a little bit, and then we'll get back into the in-depth debate about this penalty and the actual situation of penalties being awarded, possibly in the wrong circumstances. What do we think, Ollie? Do you fancy some trivia? I'd love some trivia. It's that time again. I love it. It's my favourite time. <laughs> I get to make you all look a little bit puzzled. Yeah. It's a good one this week. Well, I think it's a good one anyway. Mm. So, pens at the ready. Five former Barcelona players have managed in the Premier League this season. How many can uh, you name? Five former Barca players have managed in the Premier League. Is that true? Yep. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, five former Barcelona players have managed in the Premier League this season. How many can you... I mean, there's one that probably springs to mind. Yeah, there's maybe, one. There's but, one. But there's five of them. There's two, isn't there? I well, there's five There's five of them. I can think of two that spring let, to mind. Let me, say, let me say Pep, because I, I know him. Okay, Pep Guardiola <laughs> is one. There's another four to find. Pochettino's another one, isn't he? He played, didn't he? No. Oh, I'll give... Conte. No. Oh, no, I know another one. Okay. Should I say a second one now? I, I think right. I think write the rest down. We'll, we'll come back to okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. And you so, two listeners, get so your pens Pep's, out. Pep's done. Yes, it's on Twitter as well at Speculative Pod. So give us a follow on there. I think Ollie's tweeted it from his own personal account, but uh, we've given it a retweet. So it's fine. We're all in this together, fine. aren't we, Ollie? We're Sharing all in this is caring. Together. The non-league reporter over there. The official, unofficial non-league reporter. Whatever you want to be. He's the non-league superstar. He finds the big stories with no help from anyone whatsoever. He goes viral every he day. He just does he? it all himself. He gets no help. He's there right on the scene. Magically happens to be where the big yep. national news is breaking. Yep, 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 yep. That's what I'm happens. Trying to, I'm trying to think of more. Mm. I've, got, I've got one other. Okay. Uh, okay, we'll come, we'll come back. Mm. We'll, we'll come back to it because that's... That's tickling my brain. Mm. Yeah, managed in the Premier League this season, mm. um, and not in a caretaker. Not in a not that there really yeah, has been many really caretakers, but in not a in a caretaker capacity. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll park it. We'll come back to it at the end. Mm. Thank you very much, Ollie. Thank you. That's gonna tickle my brain for a while now. But this this issue of penalties, mm. it's been an ongoing theme really for quite a while this season, but especially in the last three weeks because what happened in the Champions League last night mm. it was a penalty I think most people would agree it was a penalty there was no I, who was the defender again no good non-league sorry you're non-league <laughs> there was no touch on the ball from the defender and he no. hit the deck he probably could have headed it in but decided to hit the deck instead but I think it was a fair penalty there was a rash reaction afterwards from Buffon from Buffon and Chiellini and everyone I mean Buffon do you think Buffon was in the wrong to aggressively approach the referee in that way do goalkeepers seem more aggressive because they've got big gloves on 
If he was doing all the gestures and he had smaller hands, <laughs> um, might not come across as aggressive because he's got bigger hands because he's got big gloves. Um, Immediately, you know I'm like, what? whoa. There's a thesis in there somewhere. Mm. There's a PhD. There's someone who's listening. Do your PhD <laughs> on that topic. Do goalkeepers seem more aggressive because of their big gloves? They've got big flappy hands. Are they more vulnerable to cards because they are goalkeepers? No, no. I th- no. I, we don't. We don't know exactly what he said, but it, he's no. probably he's definitely said something. Yeah. Um, horribly rude. Um, in his uh, in his own way. Mm. Well, it um, wasn't the first thing. Yeah, he probably said sorry, something horribly rude on the pitch, but he also said something horribly rude oh, afterwards I love this. as well. Should I, I love give you a this. read of this? Yes, uh, please. This, in your best statement. voice. Yeah, I won't do the accent. No. It was a tenth of a penalty. I know the referee saw what he saw, but it was certainly a dubious incident. Clearly, you cannot have a heart in your chest, but a garbage bin. On top of that, if you don't have the character to walk on a pitch like this, in a stadium like this, you can sit in the stands with your wife, your kids, drinking your Sprite and eating crisps. You cannot ruin the dreams of a team. I've told the referee anything at that moment, but he had to understand the degree of the disaster he was creating. A human being cannot decide the elimination of a team with such a decision. When I don't feel that I'm good enough, I put myself in a corner. He should do the same. It's a matter of sensibility. It means you don't know where you are, which teams are playing, you don't know shit. Beep! (laughs) If you have the cynicism to award a penalty like that in the 93rd minute, you are not a man... You're an animal. Ollie Bayliss, does Booth want to have a point in this or is it just a no, sign of a all. sore loser? Not at all. No, if, if anything, it took quite a lot of courage to make that call. And that I think that's what separates top level referees. You you watch a lot of lower league football where the standard isn't quite as, as high. Referees don't want to make this. Referees don't want to have to make any calls. A dream game for, for most referees, unless you're Mark Clattenburg, is, is for two teams to play football. One team wins comfortably and scores two non-controversial goals and they don't have to send anyone off, they don't book anyone. It's a really tough thing to have to make a call like that that you know is going to change a game and define a game when everybody watching at home wants another half an hour of this game. You know, it takes real courage to make that decision. He made it and, you know, the best will saw what he saw and I think made the right call. I think what Buffon is suggesting is is worrying if that's how referees are supposed to referee games, that they're supposed to not ruin games by giving decisions in the 93rd minute because it's the 93rd minute and you can't decide a game on a penalty in the 93rd minute. Well, you can. It's not the referee's job to orchestrate a you know big theatrical production of a football match. It's, it's his role to sit there and to judge things on, on merit and to be as unbiased and, and not take into account the time and the context. Usman, was that act unprofessional from Buffon? Oh, absolutely, it was unprofessional. However, I think he's got a soul of a poet. A heart, yeah. a heart with a garbage bin should be, you know. I think that's a that's a lovely line. Well, actually. he wrote um, last season when the the defence kept uh, and and himself kept uh, a record number mm. of, of clean sheets. He wrote a, a poem to his defence, yeah. didn't he? He's got he's got he's he's very good with words. <laughs> Can't see Joe um, Hart doing that. I think the problem is is that I think in about I oh, I'll give him about a few. I think in the heart of the moment, Buffon. You know, made those comments and in the press conference afterwards. When he looks back in a couple of weeks, I think he'll be embarrassed by them. What I loved though um, was another bit of a, a bit of a tale. Uh, Allegri, the manager, after the, after the game, he ran to Sergio Ramos, who wasn't playing the game, um, and um, Ramos said to Allegri, apparently, it was a clear penalty, and Allegri replied, it was grey at best. As far as I'm concerned, if it's a penalty, grey, a tenth of, it's still a penalty. Um, just because it happens to be in a place that's very inconvenient for your team doesn't make it any less of a penalty. That's the truth of it. And I think it's it's heartbreaking when you fight so hard and it's taken away of you in the last minute. But that is football. 
If a player can come out and say this after a game, do the rules for giving penalties need to be rewritten? Because it's not the first time that we've seen players, or every, every almost every penalty is disputed. But especially looking back a couple of weeks ago as well, James Tarkovsky gave away the penalty against Italy thanks to VAR. Originally it wasn't given as a penalty, but VAR revealed that he... In his stride, he stood on the striker's toes, and if you stand if you stand on the striker's toes outside the box, that's a foul. That's awarded as a foul. But any referee will give it as a foul. And but because it happened in the box, it's up for debate. Is it clear and obvious that every time you step on someone's foot in the box, because they, they, there's it's so lenient. They say you know if that tackle happened outside the box, that would have been a foul. But because it's in the penalty area, it's not. And like last night, a ninety third minute events that happen like that Buffon saying you can't make that call in the 93rd minute of a Champions League quarterfinal game surely the rules should be there saying that a tackle's a tackle at any point there's no lenience involved in it whether it's inside the box or out but the thing is guys what we talk about is the frailty of referees and there are always referees who will judge situations differently depending on what the situation is and I think sometimes you know a referee will kind of see a foul outside and it's a terrible foul and it should be yellow card but they'll be like you know what it just happened early in the game let's give it a give that one a pass I'll give a, a foul a, a yellow card for the second one or the third one and I guess it's the same sort of thing as what you're talking about at the end of the day the referees is the boss and he can make whatever decision he wants and often he will make those little human allowances. He won't be clearly a robot that will say, actually, that was a foul, and that was deemed to be quite a serious one. It should get that treatment. So I don't think the rule book should be rewritten. Sadly, it comes back to the interpretation of different referees, and you're never, ever going to change that fact that's been a problem in football ever since I was a young boy. But are you not forced to relook at it again? With, with VAR, I think it, it kind of changes everything, because the way the rules are written, the way that they're interpreted at the moment... It, it's to be judged by by humans, by referees. On I get the VIR is also humans. It's not robots, but it's to be judged by a, a man seeing it live one time on the pitch. So little trips, little you know, incidents in the penalty area where, where players collide, trying each other's toes, whatever, aren't generally seen as penalties because referee can't make those possibly have eyes in the back of his head and make all those judgments. What are given as penalties is when a defender makes an attempt and a clear attempt to try and tackle a player or win the ball and doesn't get the ball, and we can spot that that works. And it's, it's relatively straightforward for a referee to make those judgments, or at least to try and make those judgments. As soon as you introduce VAR, you, you've got a crowded penalty area, all sorts of things going on. You've got set pieces, you've got corners. Somebody trips somebody, somebody clips the back of somebody's heel, somebody has a bit of somebody's shirt. Suddenly you're going to see lots more incidents that could be called up as, as a penalty if you've got cameras everywhere that can see all of those things. And the worrying thing about the Tarkovsky instant was that most people watched it saw it and thought well, that's not a penalty the referee thought that's not a penalty and then only when he really slowed it down and really looked at it did he you realize okay there is a slight infringement there it's not particularly deliberate infringement but fine by the kind of the letter of the law maybe there is an infringement there and we now have the ability to go back and look at it and, and pick it out so it's a penalty well we're gonna have hundreds of those we're, the world cup if we're gonna call things like that a penalty how often are we going to see that? Games are going to be decided by little odd moments and incidents in the penalty area that picked up on a camera that the referee wouldn't have seen or would have ignored. Uh, I hate to bring this uh, response to that up again, but it's the same problems that tennis and cricket had when they had re instant replays for their challenges. The way they got around it was they limited the amount of times that you could go to the, in the circumstances you could go to mm -hmm. the camera and see it. And it may be that football has to go down that path where a team can challenge a decision 
only a handful of times mm. during a game, and therefore it's so meticulous though. That but it's so clear cut tennis. To do that, like, but but it, but the problem is, is what you're to saying, the captain, Ollie. Would you like to use VAR? Like, Football's uh, just a mess. Football's a mess <laughs> that a bloke in the middle is trying to control and make a judgment of if we could play football where one side had to stay in one side of the pitch and the other had to stay on the other side of the pitch then then fine but it, it's a mess of people running around running into each other and I don't think it's any more of a mess than cricket is I don't think it's any more of a mess than um, lots of sports that have instant replays um, you know the NFL Most of cricket the NFL so has definitive. instant replays that's as if you're going to talk about yeah. messiness they've got it figured out you know and I don't think but well, my, just, my worry yeah. is we might we might get there and it might work with VAR, but we're going into a World Cup, which is supposed to be the, the pinnacle of football every four years, and we are asking referees, who most of which haven't used it yet in their domestic league, the first time a referee is going to have to use it, it's going to be at a World Cup. Look, uh, I can tell you this now. At the World Cup, there will be a referee scandal. And I'll tell you, do you know how I know this? Because it happens every time. There's always a decision that comes mm. down to referee and we always whinge about it. And do you know what? Four years later, we kind of forget about it. It will be... Well, um, we haven't quite forgotten about the Lampard, you know, goal well, line. But, um, and, and I'm sure Germany haven't forgotten about 66. And it doesn't get forgotten. This, this World Cup will be known and remembered as the VAR World Cup. Is VAR going to ruin the World yes. Cup? Yes. Yes. Oh, no, I mean, it's going to make it a farce, which no. will be quite entertaining. No, it won't ruin the World Cup. If anything, it will make sure the, the decisions are right. No, it won't. There will be games where it will be farcical, and it will be entertaining, and it will be very funny, and it might add an extra bit of spice to Saudi Arabia against Russia, but it will it will turn it into a farce. When it comes to Germany v Spain in the final, and there's a big decision that's going to determine who's probably going to end up winning the World Cup, that's when it's going to cause a huge debacle. In, in the handful of games we've seen it used in, in England so far... Every other one has been. I mean, that that Spurs game, absolutely yeah, that, bizarre. The, um, Newport, Newport, that one, and, well. and the Liverpool game as well. Jesus, like, there's been yeah. enough, like absolutely, it's utterly not, bizarre yeah. games of football because of VAR. And I, you're going to have in the 48 games or whatever it is in the World Cup, you're going to have 10, 15 of those games that are just going to be like, you know, decided and influenced so heavily by VAR that that's going to make the headlines. I don't think that's what you want from a World Cup. Yeah, but the point is there'll always be a controversy. My point is, though, if it's not VAR, if it is VAR, referees get always get, you know, hounded for the decisions they make. You referenced a couple of examples. It's going to be no different when VAR comes in. We'll just have someone different to blame. Yeah, it will stop Harry Kane claiming goals that aren't his, though, won't it? So that's fine. That's all enjoyable. Maybe, maybe we just, yeah, maybe like cricket, we do need cameras everywhere and on everything and stop the Australians cheating as well. Yeah, maybe. very true. So, maybe. Should yeah. we talk quickly about Man City? So um, Man City have had a... Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. I want to talk about Man City. Not yet, because I want us to make our Champions League predictions for the semi-finals. Okay. Uh, no, not that, but who's going to win it, okay? Okay. So, Usman, from the teams that are left, you've got Roma, Liverpool, Real Madrid, or Bayern Munich. Who are you going to choose I to win the to win the Champions League? Guy, the winner of the Champions League is going to be Bayern Munich. Why? Uh, I think they're just the best all-round side, um, and I think they'll. I think the other teams are will be great on their day, but I just don't think they'll have. They won't have the quality just to win it. Ollie. As a neutral, I would love it to be Liverpool or Roma. As an English football fan, I'd love it to be Liverpool. Um, but 
Uh, it's going to be Real Madrid. It's going to be three in the row for Real Madrid whilst they've been pretty underwhelming by their own standards. Is it going to annoy you seeing Ronaldo? Yes. Play? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it'll bounce off his shin. Ronaldo wins the oh. Champions League for Madrid. Sorry. It'll be a scuffed goal. It'll be a penalty. Uh, one that When they're already 1-0 up, he'll score the second. It'll be a penalty and he'll do his whole thing and it'll be bound or... But if Real Madrid do win the world, the the sorry, if Real Madrid do win the Champions League, doesn't that make the and they win it three times in a row? Doesn't that show that they're the, the best team in Europe in this era? Uh, and they're, they're, that's something that Pep Guardiola wished he could do with his team. Mm. I think he would trade in the Premier League title for the Champions League, even for a spot in the final. They're a team that are very good at prioritising the the champion. I mean, they've been rubbish. They've been rubbish in the league. They, they yeah, might even finish maybe. third or maybe. fourth by their. And they've been resting Ronaldo, they've been rotating. He's played 10 less games than Messi, I think, this season. It, it, they're very, very good at prioritising one thing. But if they win, then that's what that's all that yeah. matters. Teams, you know, that's why Jose um, Mourinho swears by parking the bus when he needs to. All that matters is how you win. Yeah. Yes. But they would have only yeah. won the, the domestic. You slightly lose a claim of being the best side in Europe or, or, or having you know any other kind of accolades put on you, I think, if you don't also win a domestic title that same season it, it, it's very hard to say they're the best I suppose it is a competition to decide the best team in Europe but football doesn't work like that you can win one competition and lose another competition somewhere else you can be in the Champions League final and finish fifth in your league I think what this shows is while I might love Joe Hart you hate equally as equally as I do you hate Real Madrid and Cristiano Ronaldo I hate Real Madrid I, I, Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> annoys me he doesn't I've, like never, I've, never, Ronaldo. I've never forgiven him for the wink the Aww. wink, the wink of the Wayne Rooney uh, sending I'm, off wink. Yeah, not back in 2006 or eight was it? One of them? No, we didn't go to eight. No, did I'm going to say four. Was it four? Yeah, was it four? When so Rooney you're holding stepped the, on it. Yeah, you're holding a grudge. Yeah, 14 years later. Yeah, okay. oh, we're, we're English. It is it is what we do. Do you, got, do you guys still hate um, Maradona yeah. as yeah. well for the oh, hand of God? The hand of God. Yeah. yeah. Outrageous. Wow. Cheat. Yeah. I mean, if Deli Ali does it, then brilliant. Fine. Deli Ali is yeah. He gets a free pass. Well, I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I think Liverpool are going to win the Champions League. Oh, sorry, I forgot we were still oh, doing predictions. Yeah. Sorry. Before God. you guys get too involved in who's the greatest of all time between Messi you know and Ronaldo, it's, I, I think Liverpool are going to win the Champions League. We're going to replay this, and if this part gets replayed, and we're going to, if you do, if you're right, yeah. we're going to look awfully well, stupid. We've been running a poll on our Twitter uh, asking the same question who is going to win the Champions League? What do you reckon people replied? It was actually for the first. The first sort of couple of hours, it was a runaway victory, mm. but then it then it the tables sort of turned. So, who do you reckon is the fan favourite to win the Champions League? I I I, I think it's going to be Liverpool. Roma. Well, you know, Ollie, Liverpool were the fan favourite mm. at the start. Oh, they ran away with oh. it. it. It got up to about seventy nine percent, but then it slowly started being pulled back, and it's finished with. AS Roma on 3% oh, of the vote. Oh, so, Roma. I mean, Roma, whatever the draw, it doesn't look like they're going to get past the semi-finals, which is a shame, as much as everyone might love them to. I would also like it if Liverpool had played Roma, because then Salah would get welcomed back for a game. Mm-hmm. Not that they'd probably welcome him back, because he wasn't really much of a player for them. But, mm. but yeah, you he, have that, he wasn't you, the player you have that now. extra narrative. And yeah. we, we love it. Oh, we love it, yeah. The, the poetic commentary will be coming oh. back even more. Um, also not likely to make the final, uh, FC Bayern Munich... 15% of the vote. They could be a bit of a dark horse, though, Bayern. I think people are forgetting about mm. them as well. Liverpool, 39% of the vote. Really? But Real Madrid, 
43%. So people people are thinking Real Madrid. Did did our Spanish fans, I know we've got a lot of people Mm. in Spain who listen to this podcast, did our Spanish fans just finally cotton onto that pod? Yeah, we are big in Spain. Big in Spain. Lost to them. The end of the Cristiano Ronaldo theme tune. Go on then, Ollie. Talk about Man City. Man City. I. They've had a. Sorry, before you before can you can I talk about Man City? <laughs> before you talk about Man City, VAR. Can, can we can we remind ourselves of of what we said a few weeks ago? Well, I think what what the man sitting opposite me said. I posed the question to you two: If Man City don't win the Champions League or the FA Cup. This is when they were currently in all of the competitions. They were still in all of them. But I said to you, if they don't win the FA Cup or the Champions League and win the League Cup and the Premier League, have they had a mediocre season? Ollie, you said... You said no. No. You said Desmond. You said... I said hell yes. Absolutely. And I feel like I've been proven absolutely 100% correct. I don't think any Man City fan is going to be over the moon about their performance this year. Have you seen the league table? Have you I've seen, seen the, I've seen the league table. I'm going to institute the oh, I'm going to institute the <laughs> Ollie, football... I'm going to stand between you again. He's getting angry. I'm going to institute the football manager rule of thumb. At the start right. of the season they've got expectations. Mm-hmm. One of the expectations would have been to get pretty close to win the FA Cup, get pretty close to win the Champions League and to win the Premier mm. League. Out of all that, they haven't really And don't count the Carabao Cup. I don't count that. That's the, the who cares cups in this country. It's, it's, it's still some silverware, but the, the way they've they're, they're looking likely to go past that Chelsea total of points in the Premier League, they're looking likely to finish with the best record of any Premier League team since the Premier League. If and if this was just if it was just began. a club in a domestic setting, then that would be over well, the moon. But they are, but they setting. they are a team that has ambitions of being a European superpower, and they had the players, they had the money, they had the manager. And unfortunately, they didn't do it, Ollie. And so I still stand by what I said. They've had a mediocre season. They are. They're 13 points ahead at the top of the Premier League table. They've played 32 games. They've won 27 of them. They've drawn three. They've lost two. They've scored 90 goals. Yeah, 90 and, goals and in 32 games. And if they're only involved in the Premier League and that was their only competition, then I'd say you were right. But unfortunately, they've also got a couple of other competitions. Have also yeah, and they've competing. won a League Cup. They've won a League Cup and they're running away with the Premier League having spent £450 million and having a very strong team. But other teams have spent other teams have spent City Matt. Chelsea and Man United, we've seen them spend money like that. That's not what the question was, Ollie. The question was, are Man City I don't even use the word mediocre mediocre for for on paper the best team the Premier League has seen. It's not about whether they're a mediocre team. No one disputes the fact that they are a very good team. The question is, did they have a mediocre season? And I think they did. And I don't think many people are going to disagree with me. This is a, t- I think this the, is a Man City. I think the Man City fans I think might, we're just taking for granted the level that we think they're at. And and it was the it no, was I'm taking, media I'm not, expectation that they were, might go and win four trophies this season. I'm not taking the step anything, up they've taken since last season to this season is phenomenal. I'm not taking anything for granted. What I'm taking for granted, what I'm, what I'm actually seeing is I'm playing with the facts. The facts are they've been knocked out of the Champions League. They've been knocked out of the FA Cup. They're not going to be in the final, Ollie. And they've won the Premier League. That is, and quite frankly, let's be honest, this Premier League season has been pretty lousy this season. No, I, I totally disagree. And so, and so, it's, a pre- and it's a Premier League that have got, I'm going to include Arsenal in it, bear with me. It's got six 
very strong teams. Arsenal are not very strong. For them to go through a league campaign and only lose twice, one of which was a game where they were rotating heavily to look ahead to the Champions League. So we've only lost to two teams out of United, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea and Arsenal. They're going to have to play all those teams twice by the end of the campaign. That's a phenomenal record. They've had an amazing Premier League season. They've had a mediocre general campaign which is what the question we were asked name me any other team that wins four cup it doesn't happen you can't fight on all fronts Barcelona are going to have had a good season domestically there are teams that have fired on all all fronts very 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 rarely United want to travel it's below their expectations it's below their expectations and it's below the expectations at the start of the season they would have wanted to win some silverware at the start of the season they wanted to win some silverware they would have wanted to be competitive in the Champions League and the Premier League but based on what they based on what they've they've smashed one of those the other one has been a little bit of an anti-climax based on a little bit of an anti-climax yes they've lost in the quarterfinals for the amount of money they've spent with the amount of resources they have with with their owners you'd expect them to be in the final You'd expect them at least be no, the semi-final. No, I don't think you can say that. Because I think you, you, have to look, you have to look around the rest of Europe. And you, yes, they've got resources. So have Man United. So have Chelsea. So have PSG. Man United so have not, have Munich, nowhere near So have Barcelona. So have Real Madrid. So you've That's got, eight teams. The best four. Seven teams. I think you, can't, you can't expect them all to be in a final. The amount of money that PSG have spent, they'd expect to be in a final, but they haven't. And they're not going to be in a final. Guy, what are your thoughts, mate? I'm just gonna leave you to leave you to. I think <laughs> can, we, can we diffuse <laughs> the situation with a bit of world news? This is my favourite question. This is both times. It's getting you both sparked off. Let's. I, I think that we need to diffuse the situation with some world we, news. You haven't answered the question. I, I. Well, we've both got a different answer to, it, haven't we? I think Ollie's got a wrong answer. I've got the correct one. Uh, yeah, well, you, Ollie, you've got to remember, mate. You don't know anything about football, do you? That's <laughs> what was it? That's what you said last week, wasn't it, Usman? Uh, I doesn't know. <laughs> last the last episode, I might have said that. If you didn't have goalkeeper gloves on right now, uh, we'd be exchanging blows. <laughs> <laughs> right, Usman, world news. Yes, would you like to do some world news? Yeah. Signed by Joe Hart. <laughs> Right, husband. What world news have you got for us today? Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we just have a moment to enjoy the whimsical music? <laughs> this is my. Best. I love that. That's the best theme tune you've ever come up with. Guys. Well, how different would the Champions League feel if players walked out to this instead? <laughs> if this is what you came out to. Just eleven, two sets of eleven players all shaking hands. Imagine if Cristiano Ronaldo came out to this music. You'd feel pretty happy, wouldn't you? I'd Ollie? love that. You'd love it. You feel like, <laughs> like the he's Ballon d'Or a... winner music. If the, like... the Bernabeu played this music when <laughs> Real Madrid scored that penalty instead, it'd <laughs> be standing there in just his shorts pulled down and his pants showing, doing his pose, and it'd be this. Okay, world news. Come on. Welcome to uh, <laughs> well, another. The music's great. Thank you. But is it royalty free? No, I actually wrote this one myself. Did you? So yeah. Uh, look, it doesn't really matter. Let's get on to the what does matter. Okay. And that is this week's roundup of world news. Um, I don't know how to say this, but I, I can't believe I'm going to agree with you. There's one person in the world who probably feels like that he never wants to hear the name Cristiano Ronaldo ever again. He doesn't want to hear the name Cristiano Ronaldo ever again. Is it Wojciech Szczesny? No, it's not. Is it, it is Lionel not, Messi? It is not either of those two people. It's a journalist. It's an Argentinian journalist who found out the hard way just how hard and athletic it is to be Cristiano Ronaldo. So this Argentinian journalist by the name of Manuel Sanchez 
decided to do a bit of a stunt. He decided to imitate the famous bicycle kick, the one, the one that mm, the incredible, know, bicycle the incredible one. Unfortunately, and we'll, we'll, we're going to play the video in a sec. I will there's a video. The, there's a video. I'm I'll, excited. I'll play the video for you in a sec. But unfortunately, if you watch this, this poor guy has a he has a cushion to break his fall on the ground. He tries to backflip. He doesn't really do it, and he ends up falling on his bum. Basically, let's 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 see the video. I want to see this video. Oh, wrong video. I was like, this is the start of the end of it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. He's teeing him up. He's teeing him up. Here oh, we slow go. motion. We're here good. We go. We're good. We've got it. Is. Here it comes. Here it comes. He's shinned the ball towards a palm tree and fallen over. Right. So what you might not see there is one of his legs gets caught underneath him. <laughs> that looks rather... So, as I said, one, one of the things you probably don't see in that video is he, one of his legs get caught underneath him. Sadly, that journalist, Manuel Sanchez, is in hospital right now with a broken leg. Oh, I feel bad for asking. <laughs> he, for has, he has a broken leg because he tried to imitate Cristiano Ronaldo. And along with you, Ollie, he is the only other person in the world who probably doesn't want to hear the mm. name Cristiano Ronaldo. What about that journalist where, uh, that had his microphone thrown into the lake? He did. He's, probably, he, he's not a big fan of him he's, either. He he um, he jumped in. Well, yeah, he did. He probably is in the van. Um, let's ask about this. Have you ever heard of this team who wore uh, ten different kits during a league game? Oh, ten kit rovers. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is a team. This is actually ten shirt United. This is this is Syria. Ah, Udinese wore 10 different kits. No, they, they didn't. They did. They wore 10 different versions what? of their black, you know, their, their famous black and white striped oh, shirt. Oh, one, one each. One each. Oh. Each of them wore 10 different shirts, um, pretty much spanning the 30-year career that they had. All they had little variants of their shirts, a little bit of a little pipe in here, a bit different here. In a league so game. How, how, in a league how game. did they do it? Did they, how did they swap? So each player, basically, one wore this season, this year's um in a league game. In a league game. They played Lazio. Each of them wore a different version of their home kit. That's madness. It's brilliant, though, because what they do, it's for a very good cause, though, Ollie. They're doing it for charity. Oh, and they're okay. auctioning off each of those kits. Now, one of the kits is going for, one of the shirts is going for 880 euros right now. So it's for a good cause, although I found it really bizarre they got away with it. I'm not sure what the rules are. The rules are you can't do I mean, the rules are you can't wear the same kind of shorts as your opposition. That's... So I don't know how I don't know how City R got away with it. I tell you what, although although um, this game was against Lazio, um, unfortunately the ten different kits didn't help them win the game. Sadly, they lost. yeah, Lazio won two one. They beat them with the ten to ten kit Rovers. Um, I'm still not really computing why. Why? Because why? because it was for a charity guy. They wanted they wore the different kits. To, to show the great history of the Udinese, Udinese club and they'd auction each of them off. You can go online and buy one. I'm sure you'd, like, you'd look good in black and white, Guy. I think you'd look quite smart. Thanks, mate. It's, 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 it's true. <laughs> I've, I've verified it. He's not lying. That's, that's, that's mad. That's better than 10 kit Rovers. That's uh, uh, 11 kit. Right. The, can you, 11 can you, kit can you, can you top that, Usman? Uh, yes, of course. Now, of course. obviously, everyone in Rome is very happy with the team. There is one group of people who are very upset with Roma, despite them beating Barcelona. Um, is it... So know. what happened was, in the... After- Juventus fans! <laughs> in the aftermath of them winning the game, the chairman of AS Roma, James Pelotta, decided to, with the fans, decided to celebrate. Mm. 
he died. He did a somersault, a back somersault, into one of the famous fountains in Rome. Has he broken his leg as well? No, what he did was... He was, was reenacting the Ronaldo bike. <laughs> but what he did was, he, he did a bit of a... He leaped into the one of the city's fountains. As you, anyone who's been to Rome will know, there's lots of them. This one is in pa mm. Piazza di Popolo, mm -hmm. uh, one of the famous ones. If you look at this one, it's a massive obelisk going up at the top. So it's a massive column going up. He dives into the fountain. Unfortunately, he was accused by one of the, one of the residents' group as setting a terrible terrible example of to millions of young people who follow football and Roma and who should be taught to respect pa public patrimony and heritage terrible example i mean i mean they have been the chairman could have walked onto the pitch with a gun uh, like they did in mm. greece the other week but you know <laughs> somersaulting into a fountain as well That's unfortunately he uh, it's good he, enough for jennifer aniston it's, but there's, there's some <laughs> it's good enough for roma he got fined with, i think it was a 450 euro fine he oh, got hit with oh, wow but, hit, the, hit, the, hit the pocket hard that oh, did no signs but, for them but palotta has apologized good and with his deep pockets, he's been able to also say he's going to donate two hundred fifty thousand euros what? to the to the upkeep of the fountain. He's oh, going to he's going to yeah. renovate the fountain, so it's going to it's, it's going to be a gold lined well, fountain. How is it? Yeah, that, that he didn't cause any damage to it. As well, such, he's he? he's a he's a big guy, so I think he probably damaged a couple of tiles. Something is, he, got in. is it is it now leaking? Is it empty? <laughs> it's probably, it probably there it's was a minor the, earthquake, but the Colosseum's still standing, so it's okay. <laughs> Anyway, the point, the the message here is: do not jump into a fountain, do not copy Cristiano Ronaldo, and uh, if you can get away with wearing ten kits during a league game in uh, in what it's at least a top lift flight, go for it. Do it. That I'm sounds on, quite I'm non league, to be honest. I love it. it. That sounds very non league. Wear ten kits, but that, the non league would have been a reason that oh yeah, we didn't have a complete set of kit. They would have lost them. Yeah, they would have lost them. Also, just a mismatch. The of kit man would have got it wrong. A different one from a different season or something like that, or got... a different decade. I don't know if the non league teams update their kits. Per season, yeah, every but, couple of years. Yeah, it would be, it would be, the kit man forgot the kit, so yeah. they were wearing a kit from ten years ago or something like that. I liked it, Usman. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Do, are we are we friends again? Are yeah, we? I think so. <laughs> See, all's well that ends well. <laughs>
I, I, everyone thought they were gone already because yeah. they didn't win for six. Mm. Now they're sitting. Well, they'll be fine probably. You know when you've just like played a little bit too much FIFA and you're not quite sure what's real or not, and, and if, <laughs> if Messi does actually play for Coventry City, you can't quite. It feels like one of those. I, that's mad, you, isn't it? So that's two. No, well, I, know, I, know, I know you bet you're mending bridges, but uh, I have Frank de Boer as well. Just <laughs> oh yeah, just, uh, just to, uh, we could all write it down there. now. Right, <laughs> I had him. Uh, I had him already. Actually, um, okay. uh, I've also got so Pep. Oh, Frank de Boer was number two. That I wrote mm-hmm. down. Ronald Koeman. Yes. yes. Ronald Koeman started the season at Everton. Barca for ages. Yeah. Years. Now Dutch manager. Um, so two more boys. I've got one more, and okay. then I think we're gonna have to go to Twitter. I have got. Claude Puel? No. No, I think he just played for Monaco, didn't he, Puel? Uh, I I didn't really know. He's got that kind of name and he likes that sort of style. I have a feeling one of the Watford managers. No, actually. No? No, not one of the Watford managers. Try and think through some of the managers in the league. Oh... Uh, the Southampton one, Pellegrino. Yes, yes. Pellegrino. That's four. I don't know a fifth though. I'm one more. I, it, it's... How many people got it on Twitter? Um, let me let me have a quick look. Was it a barnstormer? Um, it was. It was kind of a team effort. A team. It was a bit of a, a collective. Team. Well done, everyone. It was a bit of a yeah. It was a bit of a collective. It was. I'm gonna say well on the Phil Catch poll. Oh, good old Phil. Uh, Mike Naylor. Mike Naylor got He one. came in oh. with Pellegrino to kind of finish the job. It was a bit of a team effort, but um, no, Dan Williamson as well. He got the the manager we're we're looking for here. The manager you're looking for on, is still on. is still no, no I'm not going to read it. He's still currently oh. managing a team in the in the in the Premier League. Oh, I could do this. I could do this. Started the season at a different Premier League team. Mark he's, Hughes. Yes, he's managed to Mark Hughes. <laughs> oh there you are. God. Mark Hughes who played for Barcelona. Mark Hughes. And Bayern Munich. That's very. It's almost that's almost as random as Paul Lambert, isn't it? Having United. A, having Barcelona. A, an amazing Champions League career. Yeah. The, where was he again? Uh, Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund, yeah. T- we played with one year. 44 games, From wow. Motherwell to Dortmund, back to Celtic. Wow, there as we you, are. Um, yeah, Mark Hughes. Yeah. There we are. I thought that was quite a good one. Yeah, that was quite a good one. I, I quite like that. The Catalonian yeah. influence in the I Premier like League. That. Is, is... that was harder than the one we did last time. The last... Which oh, one? That was quite tricky. No, the one last time was quite... That was um, the uh, teams that have played in the Champions League final. That aren't Spanish. Oh French. yeah, yeah. No Spanish, German, Monaco, or Porto, and, and some others that I've forgotten. Yeah, PSV. I had no. Yeah, we got to got Monaco. Monaco was the one, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. them twice. Yeah. Well done, folks. Good work. It's all right. We've yeah, done impressive. And well done so you at home as well. Who I'm sure had all 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 five of them. Yeah, I mean, followers on Twitter. That's all mm. I can say because it's kicking off. You know, I mean, Ollie's is kicking off more, but it's the non-league reporter, isn't he? So you know. We were very excited about a non-league story that turned out not to be true as well. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a club that just fillers in on that one. Well, this it's gone everywhere online this week, and it's so it's a club called Cywell Football Club that that tweeted the club would like to apologise to our fans that travelled to Hendon before the game was postponed yesterday. There's no hiding the fact that our team travelled to Hendon, 70 miles from the actual destination. The club stresses this won't be happening again, and it went mental. And I got a message from you telling me, oh, look at this, this is crazy. And get this in your world news. Get this in my world news, even though they're not really in the Turns world. out they're not even a real club. Turns out it's a club world. that have been it... created to kind of tweet funny things like that and, and go everywhere. How does it feel I mean, to be fooled? They've done I well, wasn't totally fooled. How did they... Who are they? They don't exist. No, but they do follow things with like... They've got full-on match Twitter. It's quite like, clever. Yeah, but they don't stuff. exist. They're not real. They just... Is it not like them playing FIFA or something like that and then just no, pretending? No, no, it's all... Fa- There's a few quite like quirky ones in there. 
very clever. We're giving some free publicity here, but yeah, that's very also, clever. Please vote for your play, your man of the match: Philip Dice, Klaus Gruber, Albion Sokoli, Abdi, and this is all just Abdi. Abdi's the one I would go for. Uh, well, everyone's gone I, I for Abdi. And Abdi's um, got ninety percent of the votes. So yeah. Oh well, there you are. <laughs> Abdi's the man. Why? Because it's funny. Because it they've falls... done into in- the manager as well. It's... well. Because it falls guys like Ollie Bayless, so the non-league got, reporter. They've got six thousand followers. I mean, if you look, the got more followers than we have. If you look, this game was postponed. The the game previously had to be called off at half time due to an asbestos risk. <laughs> so I, I I think you know it could happen to one non-league team once, but I I think happening every week probably not. So they they're doing this just because. Just because. Well, get a life. <laughs> Says the three of us sitting in a <laughs> in a studio recording a podcast. Slash, can we please get a plug because you've yeah. got more followers than us? Can we? Um, do you want to be on our podcast? Yeah, they're coming on next week. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the blower to them. Oh wait, they don't exist. <laughs>